Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. I'm just grateful to be here myself. What can happen sometimes is we have these moments, we have these experiences, and uh, it's like, it's it's really good, right? Um, everybody around us, or most everybody, is like vibing with what's happening, and we go to church every day, and we have these like mentors who are like following us around, <laughs> or maybe you're following them, I don't know, I don't know how it works, but. Um, but that's not really how it works at home. And what, what can happen is you latch onto the feeling. And then the feeling goes away. So the resolve goes away. The commitment goes away. And we said this last night. I mean... God gave you emotions, right? Um, when you're worshiping, even if it's not, you know, songs that are, are taken straight from Scripture, it's someone just like you or me who just makes a really beautiful song. God can speak through that. It's awesome. It can make you feel something. It's beautiful. Um, but it's not about the feeling. And so we're going to talk tonight about going home. Um, For some of us, looking forward to it. Some of us have that support system in place. Some of us came here knowing Jesus and following him. And um, we're going back to that. We've got strong church community, parents that support us, friend group that, you know, are are all into that same thing. Some of us are going back and we're not going to have anybody and for all of us, it will be a challenge. So I want to look at, um, we were in Galatians 5. We're going we're to spend a little bit more time looking at this passage as well. Paul says, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. If you have before this week or if this week you made the decision to what we talked about uh, Sunday night or Monday night, right, in Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus says, cast your burdens on me and take my yoke on you, right? If you have taken that yoke of slavery and you have given it to Jesus and let it die on the cross with him, right, that's enough, because you're going to go home and you're going to make mistakes. I'm talking to students, I'm talking to staff, I'm talking to myself. What the enemy wants to do is get in there and say, see, that was nothing. That was just, you know, whatever. That was camp. This isn't real. But what Paul says is, if you have cast off that yoke of slavery and you are now a child of God, nothing will change that. It's not about being perfect. It's about putting our faith in Jesus. 
And what he did was enough. Bless you. Jesus had a few things to say about what it's like following him and the difficulties. We talked about this verse the other night. He has an enemy. His enemy, our enemy. And Jesus says his purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus also said that in this world, we will have many troubles. But Jesus also said, (laughs) yes, there is an enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy, but his purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying or an abundant life. And now that he has gone through the whole plan, he lived that sinless life like we talked about last night. He died in our place and he rose again. Now it's not just his purpose. Now he is able to. He can, and he wants to, and he will give you a rich and abundant life. And yes, we will have many trials and sorrows in this life, but take heart, Jesus says, for he has overcome the world. We said the other night, we have to let go of our current metrics for success. It's not fame and fortune and comfort, right? Many, many people who follow Jesus Suffered. Ten of his 12 closest followers were executed for living out their faith. They, they followed in his footsteps. But it wasn't the end for them, right? Jesus made it a way for people who put their faith in him to pass through death and live eternal life with him. So yes, it's going to be rough out there. It's par for the course. What you might need more than anything are friends to go through it with. When you make mistakes, they'll be right there to be like, yeah, me too. Let's keep going. Let's keep it moving. You may not have them right now, but guess what? They're out there. There's a, um, back in the Old Testament, there's a prophet named Elijah, who I was named after, and he goes to this crazy situation. He's being hunted down. There's all these uh, prophets who are, um, you know, serving and worshiping these, like, false gods, whatever, and he ends up, like, in this cave, hiding for his life, and he's like crying out to God. He's like, I'm the only one. And God responds and he's like, today in that situation, you were the only one. But I have people all over the place. I have people all over the place who love me, who serve me. And you may not know who those people are until you start to do those things. So you put yourself out there and they can identify another Christ follower and say, hey, it's like magnetism drawn to each other. And then you have that crew, you have that community you can walk through and you're not alone. Making mistakes is not the same as being subject to a yoke of slavery. You're not anymore. 
Paul continues in Galatians chapter 5. He says, you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Listen, it can be really easy. We've done a lot of like introspection this week. We have to really like look inside of ourselves and take stock of like where we're at and, and how things are. Like you have to do that. Um, but but you, you can't stay in that place. If, if this week has been awesome for you and you're like, man, like, yes, like I, I, I feel the love of God and I feel like he wants to free me from all these things that um, are, are weighing me down and, and making my life difficult. He's saved me from sin and all this kind of stuff. Like that is great. Like celebrate that. Jesus even, said, Jesus even says in Luke 15, whenever one person accepts the love and life of Jesus. There's a party in heaven, right? It's worth celebrating. But in our celebrating, we cannot become the main characters of the story. We're not. It's not about us. It's not about how we feel right now. Because if it is about us, and if it is about how we feel right now, it's not going to last. We need to, as Hebrews 12 says, fix our eyes on who? Jesus. That was a softball pitch. The Sunday school answer to always Jesus. Home run. Okay. Um, yeah, it has to be about Jesus. Paul says in Romans chapter 6, with this freedom that we have, right? If you have, if you have accepted the gift of Jesus, you are a child of God, period. That's it. But Paul says, should we keep sinning so God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. It's a rhetorical question. Um, since we have died to sin, how can we live in it? And again, he says in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Okay? Lean into that. Believe that. It's like, a lot of times, it's like, okay, so like my uh, baby, James, He's eight months old, and he is trying to get around, but he gets lots of boo-boos, <laughs> right? He can crawl, but he'll, like, trip on the carpet and smack his face. He tries to, like, grab the furniture and walk across, but he smacks his head against it. You know, it's, it's a little rough, but this time next year, he's going to be running all over the place, right? He's not going to quit. He's not going to stop trying, and that is what it is like. It is to be expected. You're going to make mistakes. I'm not saying like, it's okay. Don't go on sinning, right? You're not controlled by your flesh. You're not enslaved to that yoke of, of sin anymore. But you're going to make mistakes. Keep going. Don't give up. You have been set free. Don't let it weigh you down. Don't let it hold you back. It can, it can, <laughs> sometimes, when I was like really, when I was younger, I was like made to be really afraid of this really awful, fiery, eternal place called hell. And there are a lot of people who have a lot of opinions about that. Um, 
but it's what what this is not is like let's just not go there right it's not what this is about and i don't know how it all works afterward but what i can tell you is that jesus came to give us abundant life right now and i have seen and experienced a type of hell on earth that i would not wish on any of you okay so I'm not going to talk to you about things that I don't know about. I have no business doing that. What I can tell you is Jesus wants to bring you hope and peace and joy and purpose and love and life today and forever. And I think we talked about you know, bringing a community of people around you. I think that is crucial, but I think one of the most helpful things to do we talked about looking outside of ourselves as well. You, you have the information. You have the experience. You know things that friends, classmates, neighbors back home don't know and may never know. Show them. Live it out. Talk to them about it. It's like a big scary one, right? Like, mm. it like terrified me when I was younger. And honestly, this is a lot easier than like the one-to-one, <laughs> like, like, I don't know. But at the very least, you can live it, right? And I'm sure your counselor has this experience too where you, you, you live enough like Jesus over a long enough period of time, people start asking questions. <laughs> when you're not selfish and greedy and you know all, all, all of these things that can be kind of normal, but you're consistently loving and humble and honest and, and, and you're living your life like Jesus, people will start to ask questions. And that will give you the opportunity to show them the way. We've looked at a lot of Bible characters uh, this week, and even last night we're like looking at Jesus, and it can sometimes it can be like, oh come on, like really, I can't be like those guys, King David, Queen Esther, Moses, Jesus, like they are these larger than life characters that can feel it can be hard to like identify and associate with them and think, oh I can do those things. We can. Because all of them were, were human beings just like us. But I thought it might um, help us all, myself included, to bring it home a little bit to somebody a little more recent, a little closer to home. So um, we're going to talk about a woman that we all know as Harriet Tubman. She was born Araminta Ross um, sometime between 1815 and 1825 in Dorchester County, Maryland. So only like two and a half hours from here. Pretty cool, actually bringing it home. Um, she was born to enslaved parents. Um, so she was literally born into slavery. Um, in 1849, she finally um, escaped slavery once and for all. And she said this, when I found I had crossed that line into Pennsylvania, I looked at my hands to see if I was the same person. There was such a glory over everything. The sun came like gold through the trees and over the fields. 
and I felt like I was in heaven. She experienced for the first time in her life freedom. But she still has family back in Dorchester County, back on the Eastern Shore, living in slavery. She was not content with her own personal freedom. So Harriet Tubman went back. She said, I was free, and they should be free. She had tasted the glory of freedom and the thought of people that she loved still living enslaved was too awful to bear. So she was willing to risk going back, back into the South, back to the same area where she had been enslaved herself to rescue people that she loved and and lead them to freedom because she knew the way. She had done it. And she knew the way, and she was going to take them, take them there. So she did it. And then she did it again. And then she did it again. She did it a few more times, going back for family, going back for friends. Every time they crossed over uh, into Pennsylvania, um, Harriet Tubman was a, was a very spiritual person, loved the Lord, and, and she would say this every time they crossed the line, glory to God and Jesus too, one more soul is safe. She continued to make this trip for the next 11 years, from 1849 to 1860. And it's a 300-mile round trip from Philadelphia, where they would end up, um, down to the Dorchester County area and back up to Philly. She did it 13 times rescuing 70 enslaved people, family, friends, and eventually she was just going down and, right, they had the Underground Railroad set up and she was just like, who's ready? Let's go. She didn't even need to know who they were. She was so aware of how awful slavery was and also so aware of how beautiful freedom was, she didn't want anyone enslaved. Didn't matter if it was her friends. Didn't matter if it was her family. She was going down and she was like, whoever's ready, come on, let's go. Follow me to freedom. She's also credited with giving instructions um, and tips to 50 to 60 more enslaved people um, who made the trip without her, um, without her physically, but they made the trip with her instructions um, and and they also made it uh, to freedom. Harriet Tubman was the first woman to lead an armed assault in the Civil War. Um, She had a a mission on the Kemby River that she led, um, and during that time, they freed 750 enslaved people. When you think about how awful the beginning of her life must have been, that moment where she got to freedom... There was a million things she could have done. She could have, have just done whatever she wanted to. She's free for the first time in her life. However she wants to spend her time, however she wants to spend her energy, she can. But she doesn't use it for herself. She uses it for others. 
I'm pretty sure you guys are tracking with me the, the parallels <laughs> of what we're talking about. They are not subtle. This is what we do now with our freedom. It's what your counselors are doing right now. They could be somewhere else with a less busy schedule, with less smelly teenagers around them. It's not you, it's your neighbor. No, I'm just kidding. They could be somewhere else doing for themselves. They're here to show you the way to freedom. And when you're busy working for the Lord, doing this kind of thing, you have a lot less time for all the old shenanigans, right? This is what, this is what Jesus did, and he, he, he's calling us to follow in his footsteps. Terrifying? Yes. He ended up on a cross, but where is he now? He is seated at the right hand of the Father with a name that is above every other name. The suffering is short. The earthly glory and comfort is also short. The only difference is one of them ends at the end of your life. One of them goes on forever and ever and ever. I want you there with me. And I want you to think about who you want there with you. Friends, the day is coming when, when everything will be as it should be. God will restore all that is broken. He will make right all that is wrong. That, that beautiful, perfect beginning that we talked about is, is coming once again. And, and for those of us who have said yes to Jesus, we will get to experience it together. And it will be a beautiful thing. And for those of you who aren't ready for that, aren't interested in that right now, listen, I was older than all y'all before I gave my life to Christ. I would say this, the sooner, the better. But it's not now or never. Six weeks from now, some stuff hits the fan. You don't have to, you don't have to be here. <laughs> you, you don't have to. You just need to cry out to Jesus. He is waiting. Like the, the father of the prodigal son looking to the horizon. It's all it takes. He wants you to experience freedom. You weren't made for anything else. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this time we've had together this week. Thank you for your word and, and the truth of it that tells us who you are um, and, and helps us to know you better, helps us to understand how you feel about us 
shows us your love, your plan for us, God. Um, we just thank you for the opportunity we've had just to be together in this place. God, every, every year, man, it's Thursday night, Friday, feeling good, and then we go home and uh, just always wonder what, what happens next, Lord. Um, so I pray, Lord, that um, as these students um, leave the property tomorrow, um, they would feel your loving presence going with them because, God, you're not stuck to River Valley Ranch. You're here in this place for sure. Um, but you're everywhere to care for us, to love us. And so I pray we would, we would leave feeling that tomorrow. God, we thank you for Jesus, for his commitment to us, for his follow through on the plan to rescue us and to make a way for us to be free from sin, free from death, and free to relationship with you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me this week, for sticking with me. Um, I want to take this moment, because this is the last chance I'm going to be able to do this, um, to give you guys an opportunity to show some love to your counselors. So when, I can't, when I'm going to count to three, when I get to three, whether it's clapping, cheering, hugging, hooping and hollering, I just want you to let your counselor know how much you appreciate and love them for everything they've done for you this week. One, two, three. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.